Welcome to the King's Word Bible Study. I'm your host, Brother Vinny Fitzgerald, and today we're going to delve into the Bible to bring you insight from God's Word that will help you to grow and to develop into spiritual maturity. These lessons are designed to help guide you and strengthen you in your relationship with the Lord. Whether you've never opened the Bible or have read it cover to cover, this podcast will inform and uplift you. Our purpose is not only for you to know and to understand the King's Word, but for you to live it out in your day-to-day life. Philippians 4 and 9 tells us whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Today, our topic is going to be betrayal. Let's begin in Psalm 41. In Psalm 41, beginning in the fourth verse, it says, I said, Lord, be merciful unto me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against thee. Mine enemies speak evil of me. When shall he die, and his name perish? And if he come to see me, he speaketh vanity. His heart gathereth iniquity to itself. When he goeth abroad, he telleth it. All that hate me whisper together against me. Against me do they devise my hurt. An evil disease say they cleaveth fast unto him. And now that he lieth, he shall rise up no more. Yea, mine own familiar friend, in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, have lifted up his heel against me. But thou, O Lord, be merciful unto me, and raise me up, that I may requite them. By this I know, that thou favorest me, because mine enemy doth not triumph over me. And as for me, thou upholdest me in mine integrity, and settest me before thy face forever. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, from everlasting and to everlasting. Amen and amen. In this psalm, David is talking about being betrayed by a close friend. This passage is a foreshadowing of the betrayal of Christ by Judas. Verse 9 says, Yea, mine own familiar friend, in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, have lifted up his heel against me. This verse was a prophecy that was later fulfilled in Judas. This verse also shows the depth of friendship that existed between Christ and Judas. They were familiar, intimate, and close with each other. They were genuine friends. Judas was a real disciple, and Christ trusted him. Judas fell from his position through the sin of betrayal. Let's go to Acts chapter 1. In Acts chapter 1, starting in the 23rd verse, it says, And they appointed two, Joseph called Barzabas, who was surnamed Justice and Matthias. And they prayed and said, Thou, Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, show whether of these two thou hast chosen, that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship, from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. And they gave forth their lots, and the lot fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. It was by transgression that he fell. You can't fall from a place that you never occupied. He was at one point a real genuine friend and disciple of Christ, but he fell from that position by his sin and his transgression of betrayal. In verse 9, 
back in Psalm 41, the phrase, which did eat of my bread, is important. In Eastern nations and culture, it was considered an act of great depravity for a person to do evil to someone who had given them hospitality. We see this principle magnified a hundredfold in Judas's betrayal of Christ, which was the most depraved and sinful act in all of human history. He had eaten at the Last Supper with Christ, and he did evil to him that had shown him hospitality. Let's go to John chapter 13. In John chapter 13, beginning in the 18th verse, it says, I speak not of you all. I know whom I have chosen, but that the scripture may be fulfilled. He that eateth bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me. Now I tell you before it come, that when it is come to pass, ye may believe that I am he. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that receiveth whomsoever I send receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. When Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in spirit, and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. Then the disciples looked one on another, doubting of whom he spake. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples, whom Jesus loved. Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him, that he should ask who it should be of whom he spake. He then lying on Jesus' breast saith unto him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, He it is to whom I shall give a sop, when I have dipped it. And when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And after the sop, Satan entered into him. Then said Jesus unto him, That thou doest, do quickly. Now no man at the table knew for what intent he spake this unto him. For some of them thought, because Judas had the bag, that Jesus had said unto him, Buy those things that we have need of against the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. He then, having received the sop, went immediately out, and it was night. In verse 18, we see the fulfillment of the prophecy given in the ninth verse of Psalm 41. David, like Christ, had been betrayed by a close friend. Betrayed is a strong word, and an even stronger concept. It goes beyond just being let down or just being disappointed or hurt. Betrayal is on a different level. Betrayed is defined as a verb, meaning to expose to danger by giving information to an enemy. In order to have a complete and comprehensive understanding of the betrayal of Christ, it is beneficial for us to study and understand the betrayal of David that he refers to in Psalm 41. David was betrayed by a close friend, a man named Ahithophel. During David's old age, Absalom, his own son, attempted a coup, trying to take the throne from David. This created a real problem, because David already promised Bathsheba that her son Solomon would become king after him. This created a civil war in Israel. It was during this dark, distressing time that we first find Ahithophel mentioned. Let's go to 2 Samuel chapter 15. In 2 Samuel chapter 15, starting in verse 10, it says, But Absalom sent spies throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, As soon as ye hear the sound of the trumpet, then ye shall say, Absalom reigneth in Hebron. And with Absalom went two hundred men out of Jerusalem that were called, and they went in their simplicity 
and they knew not anything. And Absalom sent for Ahithophel, the Gilonite, David's counselor, from his city, even from Gilo, while he offered sacrifices. And the conspiracy was strong, for the people increased continually with Absalom. And there came a messenger to David, saying, The hearts of the men of Israel are after Absalom. And David said unto all the servants that were with him at Jerusalem, Arise, and let us flee, for we shall not else escape from Absalom, make speed to depart, lest he overtake us suddenly, and bring evil upon us, and smite the city with the edge of the sword. This is the first time that we see Ahithophel mentioned. When Absalom was planning his rebellion against David, trying to take over Israel, he wanted Ahithophel to work with them. Because he was a counselor to King David, he was an insider and would be a valuable asset on Absalom's team. Ahithophel was also Bathsheba's grandfather, which only expands the depth of this betrayal. By working with the rebellion led by Absalom, he was trying to steal the throne from his grandson-in-law, King David, and by this prevent his great-grandson Solomon from inheriting the throne that rightly belonged to him. The name Ahithophel means brother of folly, and Absalom and Ahithophel no doubt had been in contact before regarding this very rebellion. In fact, Ahithophel may have instigated it, having longed for some way to take vengeance on David for sinning with his granddaughter and murdering her husband. Now let's go down to the 30th verse. It says, And David went up by the ascent of Mount Olivet, and wept as he went up, and had his head covered, and he went barefoot, and all the people that was with him covered every man his head, and they went up weeping as they went up. And one told David, saying, Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. And David said, O Lord, I pray thee, turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. And it came to pass, that when David was come to the top of the mount, where he worshipped God, behold, Hushai the archite came to meet him with his coat rent and earth upon his head. Unto whom David said, If thou passest on with me, then thou shalt be a burden unto me. But if thou return to the city, and say unto Absalom, I will be thy servant, O king, as I have been thy father's servant hitherto, so will I now also be thy servant. Then mayest thou for me defeat the counsel of Ahithophel. Now before this passage had taken place, David had found out about the conspiracy that Absalom was attempting against him. David was already distressed, knowing that his own son was plotting and working against him. Hearing that Ahithophel, his close friend and counselor, was also one of the people plotting against him, made it even harder for David. This was a betrayal within a larger betrayal. Now it also worried David that Ahithophel was working with the conspiracy. This is why he prayed and asked God to turn Ahithophel's counsel into foolishness. This is even more interesting in light of 2 Samuel 16.23, which says, and the counsel of Ahithophel, which he counseled in those days, was as if a man had inquired at the oracle of God. So was all the counsel of Ahithophel, both with David and with Absalom. Let's go to Second Samuel chapter 17. Second Samuel chapter 17, in the first verse, says, Moreover, Ahithophel said unto Absalom, Let me now choose out twelve thousand men. And I will arise and pursue after David this night. 
and I will come upon him while he is weary and weak-handed, and will make him afraid, and all the people that are with him shall flee, and I will smite the king only, and I will bring back all the people unto thee. The man whom thou seekest is as if all returned, so all the people shall be in peace. And the saying pleased Absalom well, and all the elders of Israel. Ahithophel gave this advice to Absalom, Hushai was a man who stayed faithful to David. David sent him to spy on the conspirators by pretending to be one of them. Hushai gave advice contrary to that that Ahithophel gave. Verse 14 says, And Absalom and all the men of Israel said the counsel of Hushai the archite is better than the counsel of Ahithophel. For the Lord had appointed to defeat the good counsel of Ahithophel to the intent that the Lord might bring evil upon Absalom. It is interesting to note that Absalom decided to go with the advice of Hushai over that of Ahithophel, being that his advice was like inquiring at an oracle of God. When Ahithophel saw that Absalom wasn't going to take his advice, it bothered him, and he couldn't take it any longer. He wasn't used to this. David had always listened to him. Verse 23 says, And when Ahithophel saw that his counsel was not followed, he saddled his ass and arose, and got him to his house, to his city, and put his household in order, and hanged himself and died, and was buried in the sepulchre of his father. He had betrayed David, and then died defeated as a coward. Let's go to Psalm 55. Psalm 55 and verse 12 says, For it was not an enemy that reproached me, then I could have borne it. Neither was it he that hated me, that did magnify himself against me. Then I would have hid myself from him. But it was thou, a man mine equal, my guide, and mine acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together, and walked unto the house of God in company. This passage shows the hurt and the pain that the betrayal of Ahithophel caused David. Being betrayed by someone close to you is far worse than being betrayed by someone that you don't know well. This is one of the greatest evils upon the earth. It's a unique pain and a deep hurt that is rarely understood. Beyond Ahithophel and Judas, we also find examples of people being betrayed by close friends all throughout history. One famous example is Julius Caesar. One of the conspirators who assassinated him on March 15th and 44 BC was Brutus. Caesar trusted Brutus. He treated him like a son. According to most Roman historians, Caesar first fought back and resisted the attack of the assassins until he realized that Brutus was there with him, with his dagger drawn. At this point, he stopped resisting. He pulled the top part of his robe over his head and asked the now famous question, You too, Brutus? He was shocked that Brutus betrayed him and he shared in that unique hurt and pain that David and Christ also suffered. Earlier we had seen in John 13:21 when it said, When Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in his spirit, and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. Jesus felt the hurt and the pain, even before it happened, because he knew what was coming. It troubled him deep within. This was his friend that was betraying him, somebody that he was intimate with. And even though he was fully aware of what was going to take place, he still called Judas his friend up until the very last moment when he was in the act of betraying him. Let's go to Matthew chapter 26. In Matthew chapter 26 and verse 48, it says, 
Now he that betrayed him gave them a sign, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same is he, hold him fast. And forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. And Jesus said unto him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? Then came they and laid hands on Jesus and took him. Jesus showed love and kindness to him until the very end. It is also important to note that just because there was a prophecy, it didn't mean that Judas was forced to betray Christ. He still had a free will, and he was still an autonomous person like everyone else. He exercised his free will that God gave him, and he chose to betray Jesus. Like everyone else, he was given the chance to repent and change, but he failed to. Ahithophel was the Judas of the Old Testament. Ahithophel's betrayal of David foreshadowed Judas's betrayal of Christ. There are a number of similarities between these two accounts. The first similarity is that they were both close friends and confidants of the one that they betrayed. And we find that clear in the scriptures that we studied. We find the second similarity when Ahithophel advised Absalom to go after David with 12,000 soldiers. This didn't end up occurring because Absalom went with Hushai's counsel instead. Judas actually did bring soldiers to arrest Jesus. Some church historians believe that there were between 500 to 600 Roman soldiers present at Jesus' arrest. John 18 and 3, speaking of the betrayal, says Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, cometh tiver with lanterns and torches and weapons. So we see another similarity here. The third similarity is how they both died. When Absalom decided not to follow Ahithophel's advice, Ahithophel became discouraged and hung himself. Similarly, when Judas came back from returning the 30 pieces of silver to the priests, he realized the severity of what he had done and hung himself. Matthew 27 and 5 says, And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. And the fourth and last similarity is the location where these two betrayals took place. The Shadron Valley and the Mount of Olives are the key places. The first mention of the Kadron in the Bible is 2 Samuel 15.23, which says, And all the country wept with a loud voice, and all the people passed over. The king also himself passed over the brook Kadron. And all the people passed over toward the way of the wilderness. David had to cross the Kadron at the time of his betrayal. The last mention of the Kadron in the Bible is in John 18.1, which says, When Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples over the brook Kadron, where was a garden, into the which he entered, and his disciples. Jesus crossed the Kadron leading up to the time of his betrayal. Just like David, the name Kadron in Hebrew means sadness. Their crossing of the Kadron represents that they were both crossing into a time and season of the deepest sorrow of their lives. They were crossing into their sadness. One more thing that we need to note concerning Judas is that when we first meet him, he is called Judas Iscariot. Many say that Iscariot is only his last name, but the actual meaning of the word Iscariot is unknown. One main theory says that it means man of Karioth. Another theory that many scholars adhere to is that Iscariot isn't a last name, but a description of who he is, an identifier. This theory says there is a possibility 
that Judas was a part of the sect of the Sakari, who were a group of assassins among the Jewish rebels, who were known for carrying a special type of dagger called a sake. If this theory is true, it would show us that betrayal and murder were major parts of his old nature, and it also shows us why the thought of betraying Christ would be such an enticing temptation to him. The betrayal of Christ and the betrayal of David are parallel passages. The acts of Judas were foretold by the acts of Ahithophel. Ahithophel was a type of Judas, the same way that Isaac was a type of Christ. The same way the blood of Christ is a scarlet thread running throughout Scripture, there's also a black thread of betrayal and treason throughout Scripture and throughout history. No one was ever forced to betray someone. It's always a choice that they make using their free will. Many people today go through betrayal. It's a great evil, but we need to continue on the course that God has placed us on, like Jesus did and like David did. Luke 22 and 3 says, Then entered Satan into Judas, surnamed Iscariot, who was numbered among the twelve. Satan can never enter into someone unless they make provision for the flesh and clear a path for him. The reason Satan was able to enter into Judas was because he wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost. It says in Ephesians 5 and 18, But be ye filled with the Spirit. When you're filled with the Holy Ghost, the devil can't come into you, because there's nowhere for him to go. You are already filled. This is why it is so important for us and for the church as a whole to be filled with the Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is the way to completely and perfectly prevent Satan from getting a foothold in people's lives and making them go the way that Judas went. The pattern of betrayal began in the Garden of Eden and will go on until Christ comes back to rule and reign. The role of the church is to not give Satan any ground by getting and staying filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for these patterns that we find throughout Scripture. And that even though we are betrayed in many cases, that you are going to protect us and lead us through those dark times of life, those seasons of sadness, and bring us out into the glorious light and future that you have set apart for us. Lord, we ask that you give us the courage that when these seasons of betrayal come, that we will be able to go through them with victory and with power and with love. Lord, help us to love even those who come against us and betray us. Lord, we thank you for your protection. We thank you for the indwelling of your spirit. Fill us to overflowing with your spirit. Would it be so bright and radiant of a light within us? Lord, we thank you for all that you are doing in our lives and in the lives of those around us. And we worship you and give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit and have courage to make it through those seasons of betrayal and have Jesus as a part of your life today, all you need to do is to invite Jesus into your heart to be your personal Lord and Savior. You need to repent of your sins and ask for his forgiveness. Then you trust that you've been forgiven and you ask for his free gift of eternal life. If you've prayed this from a sincere heart and you truly meant it, then you are now a part of the family of God. Welcome to God's family. We want to thank everybody for listening today. We appreciate you spending your time with us. If you would like to give us feedback and tell us how much you appreciate this show, 
you can contact us at kingswordbiblestudy at gmail.com. And if you would like to learn more about this program and its ministry, you can visit kingswordbible.com. We also appreciate if you write a review wherever you're listening to this podcast from. And if you follow and subscribe so that more people can hear the King's Word for themselves. God bless you. We want you to know that we love you all. And we will see you next week as we continue to study the King's Word together.